Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Sir and yes, ma'am, as my voice cracks, you had better wake them up. Get them up, get them going. It is Thursday on Hook 'em Up with E and Rod B. Our five hour morning sports conversation begins right now. That's right, five hours a day, five days a week. And you have found it. We're ready to roll. What's well, going to be a rainy Thursday in the ATX? Temperature is going to be dropping into the day, throughout the day into the night. And uh, these warm, muggy conditions will give way to cooler temps, which is just fine for. Uh, the fall season. It's also football season. Got plenty of that today. We'll talk all things Texas TCU, the Big 12 weekend, the Longhorns headed to Fort Worth one more time. Certainly the world of college football. Michigan responds to uh, the Big Ten's notice of potential discipline. We'll get you details there. A 10-page letter. Pretty scathing at times. That uh, story continues to dominate college football. as a big weekend on tap on Saturday. NFL Week 10 kicks off tonight with one you might want to go to bed early for. We'll talk about it. But the Cowboys and Texas in action this weekend as well. The weekend starts right now on a Thursday morning, and we appreciate you being there wherever you find us each and every morning, as long as you can, all you can, on uh, 101.9 AM 1260. Maybe streaming us live on that Horn app on your smart speaker and always at hornfm.com. And look who it is rolling in as usual here in the home studios in South Austin, Texas, Onion Creek Studios. He is our man Rod Babers from the uh, 713 DBU down there, DB High down there in the 713 DBU right here in the 512. Four stops in the NFL, 16 years now doing great radio and all types of digital media here in the ATX and around the, uh, the world. He is our man Rod Babers, the proud papa, the football theorist, the... Uh, Black Stradamus, we like to call him. What's up, my friend? Uh, appreciate the intro as always. Doing well. Uh, and, uh, man, uh, basically it's the weekend already. Come on. Opinion. On Thursday, you declare it the weekend. Get here a little bit early. Got football tonight if you want to call, call it that. Call it, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that. But, of course, we'll talk to Texas TCU. Uh, go behind the burn orange curtain. Uh, got some NFL news notes and nuggets coming up. And Rod's rants a little bit later on. But before we do all of that, uh, like we do each and every morning, we like to salute those who serve. Our society built on the selflessness of service. So all those who are up early with us who are serving in any capacity, God, country, or community, we appreciate you, each and every one of you. Uh, the soldiers, first responders, the uh, the officers of the law, the teachers, nurses, can't name all of you, but just want you to know that we're thinking about you and we appreciate you guys. Going to give you a shout out every yeah. morning. You deserve it. You deserve much more, uh, but that's the least we can do. Yeah, absolutely. In addition to all that we will do, Don Miller will be along with Traffics. I saw where there was a pretty major wreck out, uh, 183 and Mopac. So Mopac coming south right there at the 183 Spaghetti Bowl. Uh, pretty serious situation. So we always like to get you warned before you get up. If you're getting in your car right now or about to head out, uh, and you come from that direction, obviously 183 and Mopac right there as it came, you know, they come down the ramp. Uh, it's, it's cleared now, apparently, but uh, there still will be residual delays. So if you're up and out, uh, uh, pay attention to that. Making an alternate route maybe should be clear as we get uh, through the 6 o'clock hour into the 7. But uh, that could be a snarl this morning. Speaking of snarls, Rod mentioned it. Football tonight, Carolina and Chicago. Thanks a lot, NFL. We get 1-7 and uh, seven against, what, 2-8 and eight or whatever the records are, those two teams. That's pretty bad. And i got a bone to pick with the NFL. We'll get to that coming up. Uh, have we gotten to the point where they can flex games? 
They're going to do the flex scheduling. It's November comes. now. They need to move that up, too, like your idea about the trade deadline. Move that up, too. Yeah. <laughs> but I get the Thursdays. I mean, yeah. tonight, I mean, I get the Thursdays. Team's got to prepare for that. That's a short week. Each team has to take a, a Thursday. I get mm-hmm. that. Uh, there's really not much you can do about that. But, you know, you realize that on Sunday, Rod, oh, on Sunday, the best game of the day is San Francisco at Jacksonville. You know, in interconference battle. Uh, both teams coming off bye weeks. And that game's going to be at noon. Oh, man. Noon. And meanwhile, on Sunday night, we get treated to the Jets and the Raiders. Uh, I know the NFL. Uh, they can't they flex that at this point? And I, I know it's Aaron Rodgers, but we get the Jets again in prime time. With I don't the, know when the flex comes in. I mean, because it's the – and you would think the networks would be all about it. I don't, who objects to the flex? No, nah, that's, that's a great question. Who objects? Because the fans don't object. The networks definitely can't object. They're like, no, no, man, we want a better game. <laughs> better game, better ratings. That's what we want. Uh, the NFL, why would they object? Who objects to the flex? I guess the team that's being featured, the team. I guess the whatever network has that I'm game. I would do. I would like the NFL. Because obviously the, the, the prime time is always going to be NBC. Yeah. So it's going to switch from Fox to CBS. trying to see what's the, what's the downside to an early flex. I just, I mean, I'll, I'll watch the San Francisco-Jacksonville game, but that's the game of the week. That's right at noon. I'm with you, man. And, uh, you know, you'll be sifting through the Texans and Bengals at noon. Got all the other games. That should be the problem. I mean, the Jets again. Didn't we just see them? Uh, I think we see well, because they thought it would be Aaron Rodgers. I know. And I get Aaron Rodgers, we all want to see it. It'd be sexy. But without Aaron Rodgers, it's like, eh, I don't know yeah. if I want to watch the Jets. And guess what? That, that, that Jets. Defensive football. That's Jet, that Jets-Vegas game is uh, pick them. Pick them. You pick the worst. Oh, man. Now, well, there, there is the Antonio Pierce story. Of course, Josh McDaniel out in Vegas, all kind of soap operas, Still. and he's trying to breathe some energy into that lifeless organization right now. Mm. Cowboys, of course, will play the New York Giants. That's a middle-of-the-afternoon game on Sunday. You know, it's Thursday, right? I start looking forward. Where, what, what's my schedule this weekend? What do I got to do? Mm-hmm. Where do I got to be? Yep. And I'm thinking, man, that's a great game. I can't believe we get the dang Jets again. I got to watch Zach Wilson <laughs> in prime time again for crying out loud. I, I don't, I don't, I'm with you. I don't know. I gotta, I'm going to look that up when yeah. the NFL can flex it and why they don't, like you said, move the trade deadline up. But, hey, why are you doing that? You know, move uh, the flex. And, move you know, Rod, I, I have the, uh, the YouTube ticket, you know, the, uh, oh, you the Sunday package, so I can yeah. watch that game. But a lot of folks won't be able to even see that game. I don't like San Francisco and uh, – I'll go out. Well, we'll go you're somewhere. You're welcome to come over and watch it, right? Well, well, yeah, I appreciate Come on that. right here, man. You know I'll have uh, like six games going. Yeah, but we, we might – yeah, because I, I got two San Fran, big San Fran fans in my house. Now my wife and uh, my mother-in-law are both here, and they – Man, they, they love the 49ers. So well, that'll be a good game at Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, looking game. forward to that. To Trevor Lawrence against Brock Purdy. Uh, Chano against Doug Peterson. I will say this, that the Cowboys are going to play the Giants. How about this, Rod, for bad TV? Danny DeVito is starting for the – I mean, excuse me. Danny Tommy DeVito. DeVito is starting hey, for the Giants. It would be really interesting if it was Danny DeVito. I would Could it love- be worse, though? <laughs> If it was Danny DeVito, I would watch that. I would. That would be Tommy DeVito, be the highest rated NFL game probably of the season. Little old Danny DeVito. <laughs> Tommy DeVito will start for the New York Football Giants in that game. Yeah, I told you, man. Get your backups right. Yeah, people wouldn't listen to me before the season. I was like, man, we this, saw we saw a record number of starting quarterbacks last season. I think you know, I think they don't break the record again this year. Holy cow! I mean, you've seen the what the again. Cowboys' defense has done to some decent quarter, like Mac Jones and the Patriots and Matt Stafford and the Rams. What's he going to do? What are they going to do to Danny DeVito? Yeah. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> Somebody else is going to do it, too, on the broadcast, I know. Oh, you he, got to. <laughs> so, just too easy. Just too easy. It is. Just throw it out there, the Danny DeVito there. I love it. He is the 10th different rookie starting quarterback this season, breaks an NFL record, Told and you. we're only in November. Yeah. He's exactly. their third stringer because, of course, Daniel Jones hurt his knee against the Raiders last week, and uh, Tyrod Taylor. How about Tyrod Taylor? Every time he gets a chance to get a start, he gets hurt. 
poor guy. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's been. Remember his? That's when we see Justin Herbert yep. for the first time. It's because he had. It was a weird injury. They were trying to give him like an injection, and he ended up having like a punctured lung. Yeah, it is lung. Like, yeah, they were trying to give him an injection Oops. to team. And it's like, what? Like on the sideline before the game. And it's like, yeah, because it came out of nowhere. It was like a last-minute thing. It was a last-minute scratch. That's Yeah, he does have some bad luck. Then he went to Houston, got hurt. All right, so that's what the Cowboys will do. You go ahead and take the Cowboys in that one. I don't even know what the line is. I didn't realize That's that. going to get ugly. That is... um, that's defense with Micah Parsons and company. They know that team very well. So that's your middle of the afternoon. Sunday game, Cowboys will get, get well. And uh, we'll talk about that game a little more, but not much to say when Tommy DeVito is going to start for them. Uh, all right, let's get to the other headlines, trending topics. We're starting your Thursday morning here on Hook 'em Up. Rod will have some behind the burn orange curtain Texas thoughts coming up. We'll certainly talk uh, all things NFL and college football weekend. Let's get to the news. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories. We start with college football. Seventh-ranked Longhorns continue to prep for their trip to Fort Worth Saturday night to face TCU for the final time as members of the Big 12 Conference. Longhorns a 10-point favorite, according to the oddsmakers. But remember, TCU boasts an 8-3 and record against Texas since they joined the conference uh, 11 years ago. Of course, they won here in Austin last year. Both teams enter the game with court- questions at quarterback big time. Quinn Ewers remains uncertain to go for a third straight week. Uh, of course, that would mean Malik Murphy will get the start again. He's led Texas to back-to-back home wins, three touchdowns, but also three interceptions. We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian this morning, his weekly Thursday Zoom availability with the media. That's coming up about 11 o'clock this morning. For TCU, their quarterback Chandler Moore is likely to miss his fourth straight game. Uh, Josh Hoover is the freshman from Rockwall who's been stepping in, debuted with a splash as a starter through for over 400 yards and four touchdowns in a blowout win over BYU. But like all young quarterbacks, he's made plenty of mistakes for the season. Hoover has thrown seven touchdowns and seven interceptions. Also from college football, second-ranked Michigan traveling to Penn State this Saturday, one of the biggest games of the day. Yesterday, Michigan officials sent a 10-page letter to Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti and warned him about overstepping his authority and rushing to judgment in the investigation into their head coach Jim Harbaugh and the alleged sign-stealing scandal. The letter insists that Petiti cannot unilaterally discipline Coach Harbaugh under the conference's sportsmanship policy. The letter is Michigan's response to the Big Ten's notification of potential discipline of Harbaugh and the undefeated second-ranked Wolverines uh, Wolverines mile must wait for Petiti, the Big Ten's first-year commissioner, decide whether to punish them quickly or wait for the NCAA to complete its investigation. College hoops, women's uh, Texas women opened their regular season with an easy win last night. They thrashed Southern 80 to 35 at Moody Center. Senior Taylor Jones led the way with 19 points and 12 rebounds. Texas men are off to a 1-0 start. They'll be back on that Moody Center floor on Friday night uh, for game number two uh, for, for Randy, uh, Rodney Terry's team. NBA, all three Texas teams in action last night, including the Spurs in New York to face the Knicks. And Victor Wenbanyama's first game ever at Madison Square Garden did not go well. Wemby manages one basket in the first three quarters. Uh, a couple of air balls in there. Knicks rolled to a 126-105 win. Mavericks also took a loss on home floor last night. They lost to Toronto, 127-116. Great night for the Rockets down in Houston. They rolled the L.A. Lakers, 128-94. And from baseball, the L.A. Angels have hired Ron Washington to be their new manager. The 71-year-old hasn't managed since resigning as skipper of the Rangers back in September of 2014 due to personal, personal issues. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Gobble up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capital Area Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. We were talking about this uh, last night on the Owen Texas Football live stream. My man Jerry Hamilton uh, sarcasts his media availability today. Um, I believe sometimes it does via Zoom. or That's how he does yeah, it. Yeah, he does them all on Zoom, yep, um, on, on Thursdays. Thursdays. Uh, what's going to be the first question? 
for him. Uh, how's Arch doing? Or excuse me, how's uh, Arch? How's Quinn? How's Quinn? Uh, how's Quinn? Yeah, how's Quinn? I, I would get more specific. I think it's going to be who's taking the first team reps in practice. How many? And how, who's taking the majority of the first team reps? Yeah. Because yeah, you ask how Quinn, he's going to be like, yeah, he's doing great. He's doing great. He's doing great. Yeah, you got to get real specific so that it start, he had, he's kind of putting the, the corner and he's going to be vague. And then you know, like, oh, he's up to something. Or because Sark's a very forthcoming guy, his media availability is oftentimes he to, is, yeah. to, a for, to a fault, I think, sometimes. Like, you're giving up a little too much information. Uh, he may just give it to you, you know. Um, but if he's vague, then, you know, he's trying to keep it vague for a reason. He doesn't want TCU to know. And he may just want TCU to still have to consider – both quarterbacks, and then he, and, and by the way, he may throw that out there. You know, what I mean, in a very kind of covert fashion, he may throw it out well, there because he always does a little opening statement deal. Yes, uh, he, so may, he may mention he may it throw it that. out there on his own that uh, both guys are practicing, both guys are getting first team reps, blah blah blah, and then you may not even have to ask it. But that to me is the biggest question: who's getting the majority of those first team reps? Um, not sure. I think Quinn is probably right now probably getting the majority of them. Not sure if it's by, by a lot more, but I bet he's getting most of them. You think Quinn is? If he's practicing, yeah. Yeah. If he's practicing, yeah. Because I think Sark just wants to see if he'd be ready to go. If he's not ready to go, then then you know, all right, I got to go with Malik. If he can just make all the throws and he's comfortable with the pain tolerance of making all the throws, getting hit, you won't, you won't know that until you get in the game and get hit, which hopefully he doesn't. Neither one of your quarterbacks, but – Likelihood, likelihood is that they'll get hit because TCU's coming after whoever it is. If it's, if it's Quinn in there, you come after him because he's coming off the injury. You want to see what the pain tolerance level is for him. And if it's Malik, you come after him because he's a young quarterback and he's throwing some picks. Let's get after him. Yeah. Either way, you're getting after him. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> uh, and so we'll see. We'll hear from Sark today, and obviously we'll be able to talk about that tomorrow. Uh, we'll be keeping our eyes on it. And, you know, Sonny Dyke's team, they've already – Sonny's already announced that uh, Chandler Morris is out. It's going to be Josh Hoover to start the game. Talk about how Chandler Morris is getting better. But, look, they're, they're looking to the future now. And Josh Hoover, the freshman from Rockwall Heath High School, is the future at that position for them. And they're four and five. So, you know, obviously they've got a couple of games left to try to get bowl eligible. How about Sonny Dykes? I mean, think about him, you know, proud guy. Uh, in their last three games, they play Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, they, they, need, they need two more wins to get the bowl eligibility. Say, yeah, it's big, huh. man. They, yeah, they got to upset somebody. He's got to make they, a bowl. They, they can be the ultimate apple cart upsetter uh, here. But uh, and you know, Sonny Dykes would like nothing more. But does he have the team to do it? Becomes the question. Uh, at four and five, they're very mis- mistake prone this year. There's been a regression, obviously, from playing for a national championship. But you know, it's interesting if you go to uh, some of the, the, the power rankings. You know that four and five record. Sark said this Monday. Says, "Hey guys, their record is they're better than their record." They are. And we talked about how TCU is talked about that yesterday. You know, in conference man. play, number one passing offense, yep. number one passing defense, but they just make a lot of mistakes. Um, but Jeff Sagarin, the Sagarin ratings rates them 28th in the country. Mm-hmm. ESPN's FPI has them power rated 29th, mm-hmm. which is ahead of Iowa State, Kansas, West Virginia in that FPI. So, you know, they have really good athletes uh, on the outsides, especially. Longhorn should have the lines of scrimmage. But this is this can be a you – know, I think all Longhorn fans look at that, that, that purple and think, the oh, man. Because well, no you're, you're three and which, eight. Which form it's in. <laughs> you're three and eight against them. Yeah. So, yeah, it scares the heck out of your Longhorn fan with what's ahead of you. And they've got – I don't want to say they have nothing to play for because they're, they're college athletes and well, uh, the proud guys. But uh, they still would like to make a bowl, and yeah. they'd love to upset this team. Yeah. No, I, I, I think for them, you know, this is the classic trap game. That's, <laughs> and, and, you know, so lo, the Longhorns, I'm sure, are aware of that. TCU, they their season, you know, it's kind of been derailed. They'll try to make a bowl game, but uh, they had to, you know, 
lower their standard and change their goals a little bit because I think they're they had aspirations of competing for the Big 12 title this year. That ain't happening. Um, but man, spoiler, bland spoiler, especially to Texas, especially if it's TCU uh, in DFW. That could that could be that could go that could be huge for them, and it would not guarantee them making a bowl game, but their odds of making a, go, a bowl game would increase tremendously. <laughs> uh, so that's you know I think for Texas there are a lot of things that that worry me going into the matchup. Texas is I think Texas is going to win, and Texas is clearly a better team. That's not even close, but. There are little things. You just brought them up. They're just little things uh, that in terms of matchup-wise, history-wise, that gives me a little anxiety about this matchup, especially uh-huh. on the road. And the quarterback, of course. We don't know who's going to play quarterback. And the court, one the starter is, unhe- is not healthy, but then the other guy is young and inexperienced and mistake-prone pretty early. Well, and Josh Hoover, one thing he doesn't do is bring the element of run. He doesn't use his legs much or hasn't so far. He's a passing quarterback, yeah. which is what Sonny Dykes wants, right? Sonny Dykes has always been really good developing quarterbacks, whether it be uh, you know Jared Goff out of Cal and – uh, Max Duggan and under his tutelage and uh, Davis Webb out of Cal. Uh, so he knows what he's looking for in a quarterback to run his offense. Yeah. Uh, and it is, you said, it is the Jeff Levy offense or, that we saw at Oklahoma. It's that Art Bryles spread veer mm-hmm. with Kendall Bryles. But, you know, what killed Texas in the Oklahoma game was Dylan Gabriel's legs. Yes. Uh, but Josh Hoover doesn't do that. Rod will talk, talk to us more about the uh, Longhorns and TCU matchup and behind the burnt orange curtain uh, coming up. Looking forward to that. I, you know, I'll also say this, this is a tough ticket. My daughter goes to school up there in Denton in North Texas. She'll graduate in December. She had, she had texted me and said, Dad, any way to get a couple tickets to the game? I'd love to go down and go with some friends. And I was like, I tried. It is a tough ticket. Uh, yeah. TCU fans aren't giving them up. Longhorn fans are looking for them. Yeah. It's only, what, 50,000, 60,000 there at Eamon Carter. Uh, it's going to be a raucous crowd, which the Longhorns are used to this year. This is their – I mean, for the fans, I mean, I don't know where the Oklahoma game is, if it's there or on the road. Uh, but, yeah, you're talking about – marquee games this is the farewell tour texas yeah that's right the last time they're gonna see texas for at least a foreseeable future. maybe ever yeah exactly right they don't know that so a lot of folks who usually normally wouldn't even go to these games it, even though it's a big game you know either way uh every year for texas to play the bon voyage rod but this is yeah it's the last hurrah so you got you got old heads coming to this one you got youngsters you got people who are unnes- aren't necessarily tcu fans who may just be college football fans going yeah i'm gonna go to that one well there's a lot of longhorn fans in the metroplex who would like to get to that yeah. game if they could. So, so yeah, it's a tough ticket. Side. Yeah, I get that. It'll be a sellout. And, and, uh, and like I said, the venue is not huge. No, it's not. I mean, it's not that big. Uh, the Oak, the Baylor is their next game at home, which is kind of a rival for them, and then they play at Oklahoma. That would be – yeah, you're right. Honestly, they may be packed for the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, Baylor, they don't like – remember that whole uh, – Oh, yeah, that was – Art Bryles, Gary Patterson yeah, man, rivalry that they had. Deep right there. Uh, and they'll be moving on as members of the, of the Big 12 Conference, obviously. So Texas and Oklahoma, two of their last three, one home, one on the road. Texas, of course, with uh, this one, but uh, then Iowa State, and then home to Texas Tech to wrap up the season. What do you make of uh, Michigan? This when, I, when I read the uh, – the, the the parts of the ten page letter uh, that uh, Michigan's uh, lawyers sent to the to the Big Ten conference office reminded me of you. You you said to me that uh, they're going to go on the offensive. Yeah, on that's surprising. They started a little bit. Remember they put out that that oh the other other teams have have taken some of our our signals too. Um, they didn't made, they didn't go uh, to to the extreme that we did. They they stole some of our signals and they put that out early this week. So I think now they're just. It's, it's all about the court of public opinion for them a little bit, and, and I think that was for the court of public opinion that, hey, guys, just so you know, we're not the only ones stealing sons. We're just better at it than everybody else, but we're not the only ones. 
Well, we just broke a bunch of rules that you have on the books while doing it, allegedly. That's true. But uh, even what they said other schools in the Big Ten Conference did is are not. A, there's no rule. That, it's that, frowned upon. It's maybe. frowned upon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, coaches from other teams in the conference sharing some information with other coaches. That's that, that's shady. That's that, that's, that, that's that's not. Uh, yeah, that's that's the sportsmanship. It's not very. That's not very gentlemanly. But yeah. it, there's no rule against it. I guess is what I would say. And yeah, so is right. that you know, there's there's no black and white rule. You cannot do this. Yeah. That's or right. we will punish you. There is a rule about advanced scouting and. Uh, you know, digital recordings and things of that nature. So, uh, yes, they're trying to be on the offensive. As we said yesterday, the, the winner here in the short term will be the lawyers. They're going to make a lot of money, uh, billable hours and those type of things, working this thing, and Michigan's going to go on the offensive. But the one thing we haven't heard from Michigan at all is any type of defense. Like there has been no, hey, we didn't do this, or we don't know this guy, Colin, whatever. Uh, this is a misunderstanding. They, they've, they've said very little. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in, in, in the world of due process, you have a right to remain silent. I was say, the lawyers probably told them, like, hey, man, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But obviously, <laughs> yeah. they're trying to say stay, stay focused on a game with with Penn State on Saturday, and it's a big one. Um, you know, Penn State once again had a big moment against Ohio State a couple weeks ago, and just looked lame. Uh, now the, the the word out of Happy Valley with Penn State is that you know if you saw their Maryland win last week, they they opened up the passing game again. Um, you wonder if this is kind of like the Mac Brown thing when he was coaching that, you know, they'd lose when you were there. They, you guys would lose to Oklahoma and maybe say, well, why didn't you play this guy? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do more of this? Why didn't you play Sid Benson? Yeah. Sid Benson. Why Sid Benson not play? Then it changes everything. Yeah, it does. Um, but so there is a thought that they're going to be a little more, try to be a little more dynamic offensively against Michigan because they were really lame against Ohio State. What did we say? They were 0 for 16 on third down? Man, that's, that's Jay Franklin. I know. He's not a big game coach. Well, but if you go back and watch the game plan, it was first down run, first down run, third down incompletion. That's what happens in big games with Jay. I told y'all before the game, I was like, man, I would never bet on James Franklin in a big game. And that's why and I wonder. Always, there's always shrinkage, significant shrinkage. Shrinkage. <laughs> and there is some thought that they're going to be trying to be a little more dynamic. Maybe throw on first down every now and again. Maybe stretch the field Ooh, down the field. But what? but the Michigan defense is really, really good. So that, you know, you can try that. Uh, but you still have to execute it without a doubt. Hey, break tendency unless they know when you're going to do it. That's, that, that's, <laughs> for James Franklin, who's a pretty dynamic guy who, you know, is pretty boisterous, confident. You would think his teams would play, would play more brash, but they play as conservative as. Man, uh, they get in that shell in those big games. They do. I mean, yeah. and that's on him. That's on him. That is. Yeah. Uh, and Michigan, as we've we've talked about, you know, with, without the the scandal, they're just like a boa constrictor, man. They just they just wrap you up and over the course of four quarters choke you out uh, with with depth and and strength and speed. And then JJ McCarthy's playing at a really high level. He is. Uh, their quarterback. Uh, so look forward to that game. But obviously, the bigger issue is going on with the, the scandal. I don't expect much from Tony Petiti between now and the game time. Uh, and, of course, the Ohio State game looms in a couple of weeks for them. Uh, the, the, the marquee matchup there yeah. with you know, the top three matchup in the country. Uh, all right, so a lot of college football on the brain. Uh, the NFL week does open tonight. If you call that a football game, we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll get you ready. Thursday starts your weekend. And as I said, it's going to be a rainy one. Temperatures are going to drop, but uh, – the rain is coming, which is not a bad thing here in early bring November. The cold. Yeah, got to bring the cold. I mean, chill with it. Got to bring the cold. Uh, but there could be some rain here in your drive time, so be careful. Don Miller will have your traffics. Rod's going to have us behind the burnt orange curtain coming up. We'll have some what the facts before the end of the first hour. We are just getting warmed up here. First hour of five on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. 1019 AM 1260. Stream it on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. 
Talk college football, pro football, and the weekend. It's Thursday on Book 'em Up with Ian Rod V. Some what the facts for the top of the hour. Uh, for all things TCU, coming up in the uh, top of the 8 o'clock hour, Rod, our buddy Landry Burdine will join us. Uh, best in the biz. He's on the sidelines for all TCU games doing the radio thing. And uh, played at TCU way back in the uh, late 90s. And really a good conversation. If you want the, the skinny and straight skinny on TCU, we'll get it coming up uh, in the 8 o'clock hour from our man Landry Burdine. Also, uh, Rod's got the rants and the uh, behind the BOCs. Rod, it's interesting right. to me about uh, college football. I was watching... Uh, I forget one of the college football shows yesterday, and they were now they were now like you know the insiders are putting together their you know quarterback rankings when the when the draft comes around. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe it was, I was watching Joel Klatt. Okay, uh, and they were talking about how you would rank the quarterbacks for the draft, and we all you know Caleb Williams, Drake May. We know it's a really good quarterback class at the top end. One thing I was thinking about is you know. Big picture, right? The macro. The micro right now is there's going to be a great draft class, right, that comes into the National Football League. It's supposed League. to be one of the best in the last 20-some years, this and, quarterback class. Yeah, one of the deepest yep. with quality players. Because now you're uh, you hear guys like Bo Nix. I mean, Bo Nix is a guy that people are talking about as draft, a first-round draft, draft pick. Draft stock is rising. Which, yep. uh, you know, Michael Penix out of out at uh, Washington is – I mean, Bo Nix coming out was like a five-star or something like that coming yeah. out, right? He's well, like, that's, you know – got a high ceiling. Well, you know, one thing that the – the, the portal and then, you know, maybe the, the NIL, I think, can be you – I know a lot of people don't like name, image, and likeness and players making money and whatnot. But what, what I think big picture, Rod, can, we can see happen is – remember, Bill Parcells and other coaches were always big on having quarterbacks who come in who have played a lot of football, right? I mean, that's, you, made, you know, made a lot of starts in college. That was always a prerequisite when Bill Parcells was drafting a quarterback. And yeah. we see so many quarterbacks come in now that are, maybe have some talent, but they haven't played any football. Nope. You know, we've seen the Mitch Trubisky's drafted, the Zach Wilson's drafted. I mean, these guys just didn't play. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they're talented, but then you, they get to the NFL and you wonder why they struggle. Well, it's a different game and it's hard and they haven't played a lot of football. You know, you're going to get a guy in Bo Nix who, when he was at Auburn before he transferred, you would have never projected him as an NFL quarterback. No. Uh, I mean, you're like, no, nah, that guy's his legacy. His dad played at Auburn. Well, now this guy's in year six. He's made like 60-something starts, and he's, what do you know, playing great football, Rod. That's true. Uh, and now the NFL saying, no, we like this guy. He's got some size to him. He's decisive. Um, he's got some helps. athleticism to him. It helps that the NFL game, it used to be, you know, there's an NFL offense or a college offense is now, you know, that, yeah. that doesn't, you don't really have that anymore. They meld a little more, bit. Yeah, you have now, it's kind of the trickling up of a lot of these different concepts where, you know, now they can consider a, an athlete like Bo Nix playing quarterback because a lot of the concepts have trickled up. Well, and I, and I know we don't have really a farm system for football right now. Uh, maybe, you know, with the X, XFL merging with the USFL. But, you know, these guys, the ability to stay in college and play a lot of football and make some money while you're doing it. Yep. You, we, you know, my, my hope would be it, it help the, helps the quarterback position in general, that these guys get to play a lot more football. They get a lot more reps at the college game. A guy like Michael Penix, who when he was at Indiana, you know, he wasn't a guy you were thinking, man, that guy looks like an NFL guy. Well, now here he is. He's 22, 23 years old. He's played a lot of football. And he, they get the reps, right? And they get the reps. Get and, the reps. And, and now he's being called a bigger Tua. That's the, that's the, not the comparison to him. That he's left-handed, really great passer, really accurate, but he's just a little bigger than Tua Tungavailoa at Alabama, uh, maybe we, we see that over time now, that the, they'll we'll develop better quarterbacks that are more NFL-ready and get rid of the, you know, this guy started 15 games or 20 games in college, and he's ready to go. Yeah. And this would be the conversation about Quinn Ewers, right? I mean, that's going to be the end-of-the-year conversation for Texas because there is be. talk that he would like to move on. But, you know, he yeah. hasn't started a lot of football games. And, yeah, in the games he has played in, he's had a lot of growing pains last season. 
and then he hadn't really been able to complete an entire season. And injuries, yeah. Yeah, so that, that that's going to be a big knock on him, too, is that he, he might have to you know put on some weight. Maybe he's a little frail for NFL scouts. They'll probably think he's a little well, frail, potentially. You know, remember, he lost the weight because he wanted to be yeah, leader right. and yeah, meaner. Yeah. And he did. He was running, and then, yeah, ended up with the injury. Well, so. you just see me, and then you'll get yeah. to see on Saturday, if you haven't watched a ton of Michigan football this year because they haven't played one of those big marquee games, J.J. McCarthy's a guy that I think is going to be a, oh, yeah, an NFL caliber player. He's increased his draft style. For sure. A ton. Uh, uh, you know, Sh- Sh- Shadur Sanders has said, you know, or at least Deion Sanders said for his son that he's not planning to come out. Yeah, but if he gets that grade back, it was depends on where that grade is. Yeah. <laughs> but Deion probably wants him to come back because Deion's trying to build a program. Yeah, Deion wants him to come back. I need, <laughs> yeah. I need you. I need Deion's you. like, no, man, I need you here. Guess what? I'm going to. I decide recruit another quarterback, then you can leave. And Shadur says, Dad, I'm getting crushed out here. He says, well, no, I'm going to recruit some dudes. Yeah, he changed, uh, but I'm gonna need he changed all his coordinators. I know. Most people believe it's because of that. Yes. Because he was getting his son was getting hit a lot because the offense actually has regressed at least at one game they had New OC had regressed. Yeah. Well, as a football fan, and then you're a football theorist, and our, our audience loves football. Let's just hope that the, you know one of the positives of name, image, and likeness, and the, these these the, the new rules in the NCAA. Maybe we see. You know, quarterbacks develop better and get a chance to play longer careers to be right about that to to develop. And and I think the NFL is is learning pretty quickly. And I think if they didn't know it, you know, taking quarterbacks that haven't played a lot of college football just on talent alone is probably not smart, not a smart idea. Yeah. Um, You know, (laughs) they're still doing it, though. I mean, how much ball did Anthony Richardson play? Well, that's right. I still, but I, does that mean the guy got hurt? I mean, the guy would look like a great athlete playing yeah. full quarterback, but suffered two injuries in six games, and now he's out for the year. Um, he's got a long way to go. But then there's a C.J. Stroud who played a lot of college football, yeah, started for two and a half, three years at Ohio State uh, against good competition. Uh, you know, so that. But the other part with the Bo Nix and Michael Penix is, you know, we can keep playing. Like we don't, you know, we instead of going to the NFL after, you know, whatever. Um, and then, you know, getting drafted late and getting on a practice squad, that kind of stuff. These guys can stay in college, yep. you know, and keep playing and keep developing. And uh, all of a sudden we're seeing some of those guys seeing his second, first and second round draft picks, which can be good for the overall game. All right, just a thought. Hey, let's go behind the bird orange curtain. We're talking Texas and TCU where the quarterbacks are the story. Uh, starters versus backups. Here we go. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? So I went and uh, did some research on Josh Hoover, and he's actually, at least the, the profile is pretty impressive for the young kid. Uh, he was the 33rd quarterback in the nation coming out, the quarterback who's going to start for TCU. And he was emit- originally, my man Jerry Hamilton threw this out there, committed to Kalen DeBoer when he was at Indiana. Uh, and then, obviously, now he's at Washington, and he changed his commitment to TCU. And Kalen DeBoer recruits quarterbacks that got strong arms because <laughs> it's a vertical passing game taking a lot of shots downfield um so it, it that actually just shows you the young man's got he's got a, he's got an arm he's got a quick release too which i really like about his game now he takes he makes a lot of mistakes with the football he's throwing you go look at his last three games uh you're talking about seven interceptions for him in the last three games i'm oh, sorry five interceptions in the last three games i think he got seven interceptions total so he he will give away the football they are last in turnover margin in the Big 12. Uh, they have 15 giveaways on the season. So that is their fatal flaw as a team. Uh, they actually do move the football, and, and he moves the football. He does a really good job. I mean, he just told you about their passing offense and how passing offense and passing defense, they're the best in uh, the Big 12. 
and one of the best in the country, actually, in passing offense. I, I threw this stat out there. Uh, I was doing football theory with my man Ian Boyd, and he was a little surprised by it, too. If you go look at 10-plus yard pass plays, uh, TCU has 116 10-plus yard passing plays. That's third most in college football. Third most in college football. Only Washington and USC have more. <laughs> They're ahead of Georgia and Oregon. Oregon's at five. Georgia's at four. If you go look at 10-plus yard plays overall, and you get the, and 70% of these obviously are passing, uh, passing plays, um, but you go look at the whole overall, 165 of them, the fourth most. Only Washington, USC, Oregon have more 10-plus yard pass. I'm sorry, 10-plus yard plays, period. And they're right ahead of Georgia. They, they move the football. These are talking about first downs here. Their biggest issue is red zone offense. They're as bad, if not worse, than Texas in the red zone. <laughs> so when they get down there, they usually stub their toe somehow, and they also stub their toe because they give away the football way too often. They're too careless with football. So they have two like, Shakespearean, like, tragic Shakespearean flaws as a team uh, offensively. They have a, they're careless with the football, and then their red zone offense is not great. But they So don't get frustrated if you start seeing them move the football. You're like, man, the hell, man, they're making some plays. We know Texas secondary is, is prone to uh, let a team you know, move the football via the pass, especially pass-first teams, and they are and will be pass-first. All right, last two – sorry, last three games, 52, 43, and 58 pass attempts. They're going to chunk it. They going they, uh, forget abandoning the run. They're not going even. They're not going to bring the run. They're not going to pack the run game at all. I mean, the run game will. It may be a complementary factor if Texas decides to just drop eight guys. Um, but I doubt that very seriously. I think they're gonna. They're just gonna throw it because I think that's the best way. Even last week, once we saw K State become a pass happy team, even they made some plays against Texas, and that is, you know, that's outside of their character. They don't want to do that. So the way to, you know, you don't want to run the ball against Texas. Nobody really been, has been able to do that. They're not a dominant running game anyway. Josh Hoover is not, as he mentioned, not a dual-threat quarterback at all, too. Makes Texas' job easier. So they just going to chunk it. They're going to chunk it early. They're going to chunk it often against Texas. And they're going to go after the Texas safeties, which are now uh, allowing the highest yards per target, all right, of any safety group in the Big 12. So they're coming after the safeties, and it is that veer and shoot, which Texas had to defend versus Oklahoma. Gave Texas problems, but more with Dylan Gabriel running the football to as a threat. But still, trust me, there will be notes shared, I guarantee you. Family notes behind the scenes. There's probably a group text going on with Kendall Browse, his brother-in-law, Jeff Levy, who's the offensive coordinator for Oklahoma. Kendall Browse, the offensive coordinator for TCU. He knows how to beat Texas. He's done it before for different programs, for Baylor and for Arkansas. It's personal with him as a former member of DBU, like myself, in the same DB room with me uh kindle now uh you know i think takes it personal when he faces texas so they're gonna chunk it man and they're gonna have some trickery and some exotics ready to go too but they like this young man uh josh hoover and he's got family he's got good genes too his brother's a really good baseball player uh caleb he's a major league baseball prospect his dad uh played linebacker at colorado state and was an nfl linebacker so he's got good genes and like i said i like his game uh he chunks it he's got got a quick release um and he's got a strong arm he's just young and like malik makes a lot of mistakes yeah well and i you know much like the kid avery johnson at kansas state we saw sparingly last week i mean they're, they're the futures of their program at the position that's pretty obvious 
and the the the, the deep pass numbers you gave that you know only Oregon. Well, obviously that's been a you mentioned that's been a problem for Texas giving up the big play. So this has to be a week where your secondary plays well, your safeties. You got to get your covered safeties on the field uh, because, you know, the, the numbers will tell you the more kind of like teams do to Texas, the more you can play bend but don't break, give up some yards. But you know, the numbers, the odds are going to tell you you're going to force a turnover somewhere. That's exactly right. And, you're, and you could force some field goals. But you know, one thing you can't do is consistently give up the big play that ends up in the end zone because that's, uh, that's what TCU is looking for. And obviously they're watching this film of Texas saying, oh, we think we got some out there if we can get X lined up on you know their safety or get this guy on that guy we're going to take a shot that's exactly right uh, so yeah this has got to be a really good defensive effort for texas and it's you know i, I, I don't even know what to make because i did watch the byu game where they flattened the cougars i mean that game was never competitive but then the next week they went up to k-state and they were never competitive that game was 21 to 3 at the end of the first quarter um and they lost 41 to 3 to the wildcats and so you know but but the other games that they've lost in this four out of five losing stretch of theirs They've been kind of coin flip games in the West Virginia game, the Tech game. Um, you know, the, these are one score games that could have gone either way. We know Texas has played a few of those. So uh, Longhorns, you know, you know what you're dealing with, a, a good passing team that's a mistake prone. Longhorns have given up big plays, so they've got to be better in the back end. Maybe getting Jalen Catalan back uh, could be uh, an assistance if, he, if he's able to go today. We'll learn from Sark today how he's doing. Um, and, you know, the wide receiving core, they have a leading receiver, which is J.P. Richardson. Uh, he's a good player. Um, but as you've seen, e, they use a lot of different guys. I mean, they, they rotate a heavy group of receivers in there. They have five different receivers with at least uh, – actually, I take that back. They have six different receivers uh, that have at least 19 receptions. Um, and they'll all be available. The ones who won't be available, uh, Warren Thompson is out for them. He is there. Uh, so I take that back. He's, so he's one of those guys. He's, he has 19 receptions, so he'll be out. So he's their fourth leading receiver. Uh, but then there's Jack Beck. Um, he's going to be out. I think he's way down on the list, like 10th or 11th. Um, and then there's Dylan Wright. He's going to be out. And he's like 10th or he's like 11th as well. So those guys will be out. But, man, they have a, couple, they have a lot of guys that – really rotate in and they're twitchy and they're fast they remind me of u of h they're not as good as u of h receivers but they're twitchy and fast like that and they make a lot of plays in space and josh hoover has not really shown that he favors one receiver or the other just kind of spreads it around to where he thinks is open operating the offense he's comfortable in this offense too uh from my man jerry says his high school offense was very similar to this offense so there's a there's a comfort level with him as well so he I, i said i like his game but they turn the football over if you're alone Longhorn fan, you don't really, you know, he's not turning the football over and Texas isn't turning them over or taking the football away. That's bad news because in their wins, the few wins they have, uh, they they have um, basically, in the base, I say their losses, maybe sure that they have nine turnovers in their losses and only one takeaway. So a lot of their turnovers have been in their losses. If they're not turning the football over, then that's that's good news for them. That's bad news for Texas. That means they got to stay in the game. So Texas should be able to take the football away. Nice. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be one dimensional. They're gonna throw it. And I wonder if you Texas will break out that Blackwell package, which is a a semi dime package. A dime package is six DBs. Since you know they're gonna throw it, they've been throwing it. You know, 40, uh, 52, 43, and fifty eight times the last three games. 
a dime package with six DBs on the field, and Mo Blackwell is considered the six DB, but also can be uh, you know, a linebacker for you if you need it, that kind of thing. I wonder if they'll consider that. Yeah, speed, speed package. Yeah. All right, we'll hear from Sark today at 11 o'clock. We'll also come back with some what the facts. This text says, is PK going to USC? Is that bullish or BS? We'll answer that question. There are reports from the West Coast that uh, Texas defense coordinator Pete Kwiatkowski may be on a short list for Lincoln Riley. Hey. We'll debate that coming up. Rod's got a rant next hour as well. We're rolling on. It's hour one of five on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Time for some What the Facts, as we do every morning, just before 7 o'clock. Facts from around the sports landscape. Our show, including it is a fact now, Ty Henderson, our producer, Rod, has a bed. He has a bed oh, in a his room, no, I'm happy and I believe you, he slept on it last night. Is that correct, Ty? You actually slept on a bed. I did. Feeling rested. And you, did you get a good good night's sleep? And our man Cole, our, our other producer, uh, Cole Dickerson, Dixon, helped you out with that. That's a good thing. You, you, you feeling better? Nice. Feeling better. It's baby steps good. towards being a real person again. Now, now you said that Cole told you that it was a queen size bed. It's actually a full size bed. It is not a queen. I can tell you that much. I'm, go, I'm also <laughs> going from a king, so it's a it's a big. Oh ooh. yeah, that's an adjustment. Oh, yeah. that's a lot of space. Also, your dog can't like climb the bed with you and whatnot, or it's just oh, no, really I, snug. It was a. I was spooning with one of my dogs last night. <laughs> <laughs> Which he, he, he well, I've been doing for since I've had him pretty much. But when I had the king, both my big dogs could could sleep on the bed. But now one's under the bed. One. One and and I'm spooning with the other one, so it's 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 it's, it's better than the floor. I'll say that much. Big dogs. Oh man. So how about this, Rod? Here's a fact. I was flipping back and forth last night between the Republican debate and the Country Music Awards. Good for you. Oh, I couldn't. You, you just, how long could you stomach either of them? Good for you. You'd go brother. here, and then there's oh. guy Jelly Roll comes out. And you're like, okay, I got to change that. God bless and then they start yelling at each other on the mm. Republican debate. I go, <laughs> maybe go back and see. See if I see Chris Stapleton or something, or somebody good will come on. Oh. No, that's no good. You need a palate cleanser. It's terrible. Horrible. Uh, none of them. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't watch either of them for more than seven minutes, or you had to change the channel. <laughs> uh, but, yes, because Peyton Manning trying to crack jokes. I'm like, Peyton, Peyton's overexposed at this point. Is that a fact? I know he's a busy uh, guy at Omaha Productions. He's doing a lot. He's everywhere. Yeah, he's, he's kind of getting tired of Peyton Manning. Even the Kelsey's are everywhere. Oh, Peyton's way more overexposed than the Kelsey's right you now. You think so? Well, he was oh. hosting the show last night with, yeah. with Luke Bryan. I mean, he, he's, you know, he's good. I don't know. Just coming out in a bad mood because I've been sick or whatnot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, maybe watching the debate put me in a bad mood. I don't people, know. People like people like Peyton. His kiss Q scores through the roof. I like Peyton Manning. That's people all I'm. I mean, people, I love Peyton Manning. Love him some Peyton. That's why they want. That's why he's seen him more because people want more. Of him. But it, at some point, it gets yeah. like that song that they pl- overplay on the radio. It's like, okay, okay, I got it. <laughs> you know, t- tap the brakes a little bit on Peyton Manning stuff. Yeah. Good night. Well, of course, it's going to get worse because his. Nephew's going to play football at Texas at some point. Damn right. We believe. Hey, first family of football, baby. First family of football. Rod, what do we have in uh, What the Facts? Um, how about this little factoid? I was just doing some uh, some research about uh, the quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and uh, seven quarterbacks have a passer rating above 100 this season. None of them are Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, or Justin Herbert. Ooh, give me, the, give me that, that stat again that just started off. Uh, seven quarterbacks have a passer rating above 100. Uh, Patrick Mahomes isn't one of them. Uh, neither is Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, or Justin Herbert. 
I would bet that Dak Prescott and C.J. Stroud are. Dak Prescott is up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's kind of why I got the stat. It was a Dak Prescott fan. Uh, but, yeah, that was a Dak Prescott argument, I should say. Nice. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, it's, but you say it's it's weird. It's a weird quarterback season just because there have been so many injuries. I mean, we're watching a, a report now about uh, Tyson Badgett. Uh, there have been so many injuries at quarterback, and even the elite quarterbacks have had these uh, issues, right? Joe Burrow had issues early on. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a wide receiving core really to throw. Jalen Hurts is not 100%. Jalen Hurts is not 100%. Like, even the be- that's why I'm telling you, and I said it before the season, and E, you were on too because you picked the Ravens to win that division. I picked Lamar Jackson to be in the MVP conversation because I was like, man, in that offense, if he can stay healthy, they can be in the MVP conversation. Right now, there isn't a front runner for MVP, really. And we're still still pretty early. I mean, we're just getting inching towards the, the halfway point of the season. So it's not it's still early, but honestly, he might be it. Yeah, Lamar Jackson in it that offense. It might be Lamar Jackson right now. If you look at, if you're just thinking about it, who's your MVP? Yeah, now that's a strong argument. Uh, and you know that doesn't even take into account like guys like Jared Goff with the Detroit Lions, who's playing good football. He's got some big wins. They would never give it to Jared. Goff. No, they won't. <laughs> but the guy, I would. But I'm with you. I'm with if you. I, if I had to make a bet right now, I might put it on Joe Burrow because I think Joe Burrow getting healthy. They play the, the Texans on Saturday. But you know who have a say about that? Who's that? Lamar Jackson. Well, sure. No, I mean, exactly. Because I agree with you, but they'll, he'll be able to, you know, if he beats him head to head, it's going to be hard to argue. Well, having Joe watched Burrow Joe Burrow pretty closely with the, the win over the Niners and again last week, is he just, uh, he, you know, because here's the thing with Joe Burrow, unlike Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't have one good receiver. He's got three good receivers. Uh, oh, elite. I mean, Jamar Chase is healthy. T. Higgins has come alive. And now he's gotten healthy so he can buy more time and he can be his ad lib guy. No, I'm with you on that. No doubt. I just, uh, that guy and the, the, you know, our Texans have to face him coming up. Here's a That's fact, true. Rod. Victor Wenbanyama finished. Went to went on Broadway last night. New York, his debut under the lights of the Big Apple. It did not go well. Didn't go well. Yeah, no. First half, he was 0 for 5 from the field. He had more air balls than field goals. Oh, no. He didn't score a bucket until the fourth quarter, uh, and the, the Knicks just bullied him. They just pushed him around, and he yeah. was you could tell he was kind of trying. I mean, he's a, he's he a, like a rookie. He yeah, looked like a rookie. Sometimes he's going to look like a rookie because he's a rookie. Yeah. It's all right. It, it's, it's night by night. I mean, mm-hmm. But it was not, remember last time we saw him in a big marquee matchup, it was that Phoenix game where he scored 38 points uh, and he was the story of exactly. basketball. And everybody says, okay, now he's basically a vet now. It's like, no, he's still got a long way to go. Yeah. Still, he still doesn't have his grown man body yet. No. Imagine when that dude starts filling out. He ain't filled out. Not even close. All right. We'll take uh, your thoughts on what the facts. Got good quarterback what discussions. Who would be your leader for MVP right now in the NFL? And who's going to win Honestly? the Heisman Trophy? These two things are what completely up in the air. It's only, it's mid-November. Mm-hmm. Completely up in the air. The the NFL Heisman Trophy, it. NFL, who knows? Who the hell's going to win the Heisman? I haven't even talked. We haven't thought about that. Who is going to win the Heisman? I have no idea. I really have no idea. I don't either. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll be back. Uh, Ty will tell us what Vegas thinks. Who are the odds favorites for those things? We'll talk about it coming up. Rod's got a good rant in the uh, 7 o'clock hour. We roll on.